Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is made possible by New School Wrestling. New School Wrestling, we're going indoors, folks. We are doing shows indoors now. And they will be heading indoors Sunday, September 26th. Those doors will belong to the Columbus Club of Hamilton, which is 222 Queenston Road in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And not only is NSW heading indoors, they're doing it twice. They are putting on two shows on September 26th. The first show, the bell time is 1.30 p.m., and it's the NSW Women's Grand Prix Tournament. Participants already announced for that tournament, Shiloh, CeCe Moss, Bella Bronx, Sabrina Kyle, Jody Threat, and Jesse Mack. There are more names to be announced. Also on the 26th, New School Wrestling will come back with a bell time of 5.30 p.m., and they will present September to remember. The main event has been announced. It will be Alessandro Del Bruno defending the NSW World Championship against Hamilton's own high-risk hero, Rip Impact. I will take the links to both of those shows for with all the ticket information, with all the times, all the participants, everything. I will take those links. I will put them in the description of this episode. Let's get to the podcast. From pillar to post and coast to coast. This is a one-man gang. You're listening to a book. Hey, do you watch wrestling? Ladies and gentlemen, it's Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Matthew Terry, and this is the It's Time to Fight podcast. Thank you so much for clicking on that play button. I appreciate every single click that that play button gets, and there are a ton of play buttons out there that you can be pressing. We are on Spotify. We are on iTunes. We are over on Wrestling with Johnners. We are part of the OIW Podcasting Network. And of course, we're over at www.itstimetofight.ca where you can find every single episode of this incarnation of It's Time to Fight. So January 3rd, 2020, I reached out to Kenny King. I have always been a fan of Kenny King. I decided I'm going to try and get him to come onto my podcast. So over social media, I sent him a message. I said, hey, Kenny, you want to come on my podcast? And he said, yeah, let's do something. And I said, okay, let's do something this day. And he didn't get back to me. And he said, sorry, you know, things have gotten busy. And he said, what about this day? And I, we tried that. And just things went back and forth, back and forth. So 21 months later, I, I finally sat down with Kenny King. Now, I'm going to be totally honest with you, totally 100% honest. There was a point that I thought someone was fucking with me. I honestly had a point where I thought someone was fucking with me. I thought maybe Kenny King gets off on stringing along podcasters for his own enjoyment. Or maybe there is someone out there who went through so much trouble 
to pretend to be Kenny King, got that little blue check mark next to his uh, his Twitter handle, and just so he can you know fuck around with uh, podcasters, just string them along and just enjoy it the whole damn time. But today, I have sat down with Kenny King, and I know I have sat down with Kenny King because I have zoomed with Kenny King now. And it was Kenny King that was in the window next to my window, and I can attest that I spoke to Kenny King. This Sunday, Ring of Honor presents Death uh, Before Dishonor, and Kenny will be teaming with Dragon Lee and La Bestia del Ring. Of course, they are LFI. They are facing Shane Taylor Promotions for the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Championships. We do talk about that. We talk about many other things. I'm not going to waste any more time because, well, hell, it's been 21 months already. You guys don't want to wait any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to fight with Kenny King. All right, Kenny, thank you so much uh, for coming on here. Um, usually I don't start with this. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on Wikipedia sometimes just to find some softballs in case I get stuck. Um, but when I got on there, the first thing I saw under trained by, it says Al Snow, Chavo Guerrero, Bob Holly, and Ivory. And my thinking was like, man, that sounds like tough enough. And then I'm like, wait a second. Kenny started on tough enough. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so going on to tough enough, because then it goes on to Nick Bockwinkle and Scott Casey, two guys that I'm a huge fan of. Um, but was walking on to tough enough, was that like your first like first walking into wrestling? Yeah, that was it. That was uh that was the first time I'd ever been in a wrestling ring. I'd have been obviously a fan for a while, but uh, I'd never stepped foot in a wrestling ring before that. All right. And so what what brought you to uh what brought you to tough enough? Uh, I can remember um, being in my dorm room in South Florida, Tampa. This is a long, long time ago. And watching the first season and watching, you know, guys not being able to jump rope or jump over the bags. And it was like killing me inside. Like, I can do that. right there. And then um, uh, I can remember transferring to UNLV and through politics and whatnot. I couldn't play that first season that I transferred to UNLV. And I can remember opening up the, the school newspaper, just walking to class one day, and it was a big one-page ad. Are you tough enough? You know, and it was one of those things where I was like, all right, man, I was talking all that shit before, so put all, you know, it's time to put your money where your mouth is kind of thing. All right, so they, they were actually advertising in the, in the college yeah. newspaper? In, in the Rebel Yell, because the, the, uh, the auditions for Tough Enough 2 were in Las Vegas. They were at Caesars Palace. So it was, you know, send a tape in, blah, 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 blah. You can audition at Caesars Palace. So, yeah. All right. Um, as I said, I don't usually uh, stick with uh, Wikipedia, but something else that stuck out to me was your time in Full Impact Pro and your faction, uh, Young, Rich, and Ready for Action, with uh, Shasin Rance, Sal Renaro, Steve Madison, Claudio Castagnoli, and Daphne. Yep. Um, of course, a little over a week ago, we lost Daphne, um, which obviously must have hit you hard. Yeah, you know, um, Shannon was always very positive, uh, just lovely, loving person. Uh, she was just always great to be around. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I actually got a text from Chase, and that day I was 
it was last Wednesday, I was at the wrestling school. Uh, and he was like, Hey man, why don't you send, you know, send Shannon some, some, some positivity. She looks like she's having a hard day, you know? And I sent her sign and I had no, I was completely oblivious to everything that was going on. And, you know, I just kind of sent her a text message. She's like, Hey, I hope you're doing well. You know, she called me, she called me candy, candy King is what she always called me. So, uh, you know, it's candy King. Just hope you're doing well. And, uh, it was later on that day. I was like, well, no, actually the next day I was like, damn, that's a real terrible thing. So, um, it, it just sucks. It's, it's, you know, I, I think the message here is, you know, check on your friends, all of them, your strong ones, the ones that you feel need it, the ones you feel you don't need it. Cause everybody's going through something, um, for real, for real. So, uh, you know, take care of each other. All right. My, uh, my wife will get mad at me if I do, <laughs> if I do not ask you about the bachelorette. I know you've probably talked about it at nauseum. Um, uh, being a loving husband, I've watched my share of Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise, which you also did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to ask you about the Bachelorette. Like uh, you're on uh, season 13. Basically, how legit is this? Because a, a, a lot of people scoff at the show and the concepts. How legit is this? I mean, it's a legit thing. It's not it's not a situation where anybody ever said you need to say this. You have to say this. You, you you need to behave this way. I think the magic is done in casting. I think by now these you know the the, the people who do casting have it down to a science. They know uh, who kind of who they're looking for, who's going to react to certain things, and what stimulus and and um, and and what kind of personalities uh, are going to be uh, the most entertaining in this little ant farm that they've created for us. So um, it's it's I, it. You have people that come on with obviously their own motives and whatnot, but it was never in my season, nor did I ever see anybody. Uh, I mean, you're encouraged to do whatever, right? Like you're, you're encouraged to, to to drink all day and walk around with your underwear in your head if that's what you want to do, right? Like mm. you're, you have free will, but uh, nobody is is it's it's not a scripted situation or a or a, a choreographed situation, really. Hardly any of it. Now, you, you were talking earlier about walking into tough enough, like, you know, hey, I can do what these guys can't do. What what was the thinking? Like, I don't want to get too much into your personal life, but what was the thinking signing up for for Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise? Well, I mean, I got a phone call, right? Like, I, didn't, I never signed up for it. I got a phone call and they kind of asked me if I, and I, I, up until the point where they called me, were like, hey, listen, we want you to do this. I had, I, I you couldn't have told me it was going to happen. It was just, a, you know, yeah, okay, whatever, right? I'm going to do the Bachelorette, but you know, it's an opportunity, and I and I and I was completely open to the opportunity, um, you know, because that's a crazy story. Yeah, I met my wife on the Bachelorette, sure, whatever, right? Um, but I really just kind of had the the complete. Um, incorrect assumption that it was going to be like tough enough um you know i've been i've been on reality tv i know how this goes and it was it was completely far from uh from, from the complete experiences are completely different from each other um the bachelorette is it's more of a uh you know that you don't there's no they take away your phone you know, there's no music there's no tv there's no internet there's nothing so you're pretty much like mentally immersed in whatever situation in the situation that you're going in um, and it becomes, and that kind of becomes the game versus tough enough. Physical survival was the game, right? <laughs> like that's like, how am I going to live? Am I going to live to see another day? Uh, was the game and tough enough. So very different. 
Well, I, I remember this question I had watching you on The Bachelorette. Was there more pent-up testosterone on Tough Enough, or was there more, <laughs> more pent-up on The Bachelorette? Uh, definitely on The Bachelorette. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, at least we could kind of, like, on Tough Enough, they gave us our weekends, and we can go hang out and, like, you know, decompress and, and do all, all of those things. Yeah, there's none of that with The Bachelorette. Uh, and it's more, uh, and, and it's, it's a different situation, right? Where with tough enough, there's eight men, five women, they all live in a house together. And there's, you know, there's um, the, the, the goal of this is uh, at that time, a WWF contract, right? Uh, the goal of the bachelorette is this one girl and you and 29 other dudes. Uh, that's the goal. So there's always going to be, you know, posturing and, 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 and all of that, you know, alpha male bullshit. Uh, that goes on. So yeah, the bachelorette, the testosterone is off the rails. All right. Uh, you mentioned uh, living in Las Vegas. You still do live in Las Vegas, correct? I do. Now the, we're going through the pandemic and I like, I'm from the Niagara Falls, Canada uh, area. So there's a lot of, you know, do, 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 what's that? I saw the Timmy Hortons. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I got the Timmy hose. Um, but Vegas is obviously a lot of, you know, do, 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 do. Coming out of the pandemic, is Las Vegas back to normal or, you know, they're still, still building back up? No, Vegas. I mean, Vegas is almost back to normal. I mean, we, we summertime, they open it wide up and now they just institute another like mask mandate. Um, and some Vegas, like some of the shows are now starting to open back up. So that's where, um, you'll get more of your Vegas. Like when you get people start going to shows and, you know, the entertainment industry starts to kind of start moving um, because for a while, man, it was just <laughs> nothing was open. The clubs weren't open, but the bars and, and, and the casinos were open. So you had just groups of people that would get drunk and bump into each other and be aggressive. And it was just, it was, it wasn't a good time. Uh, here for a while, but it's it's starting to get. I'd say eight, about eighty percent back to normal. Anytime you see people, you know, uh, walking walking through casinos barefoot, drunkenly knocking shit over, like Vegas is almost healed. <laughs> that that's the norm for Vegas. Yep. Now, Niagara Falls isn't that bad. Like you, you'll you'll see some uh, some things here in Niagara Falls, but it's not that not to that point. I should say. Um, let's kind of get back to wrestling here and. You know, I, I don't want to talk about Jim Cornette because I'm sure you've talked about Jim Cornette at nauseum. Um, and that, 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 whole, that whole thing, that was 10 years ago, the whole Jim Cornette, he did this, you did this, whatever. Now, whether that was all truth, all false, a combination of all of it, that is 10 years ago. How is Kenny King different from 10 years ago in wrestling as he is today? Uh, in wrestling or... Uh, uh, in 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 wrestling, or those those are kind of two different questions. Well, you're because Cornette kind of questioned your full commitment to wrestling. Um, he said like you were a, a male dancer. Were you actually a male dancer? I worked. I was a headliner at the Chip and Nail show. Uh, so not. I mean, I, in in the sense of a male dancer, I was in a, a, a choreographed show that you know we did. We're on the big strip like every night. So it was literally the same casino as a Cirque show. So it's not like we was you know swinging my my ass on a G string as though you know on a pole as though he tried to make it seem. But 
Okay. Uh, but the the thing about that was that's just, you know, that's everybody's got a second gig in pro wrestling because Ring of Honor wasn't really paying anybody back then. So it was one of those things where uh, it was, uh, you know, the, 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 the best I, I, I can answer your question is like I, to this day and still to this day, uh, follow, believe that business is business. And um, I don't regret a single solitary thing that I did uh, in, in, in that business venture. Uh, you know, and, and the proof in that is that uh, whereas I'm on now like my third or fourth contract coming back to Ring of Honor, Jim Cornette's not even allowed in the building. So uh, if that, if, if any of that, you know, and Joe Coff is still the CEO of the company, right? So if there was any truth to uh, me not being fully committed to pro wrestling, I mean, I wasn't fully committed to pro wrestling, but then I went to go sign a full-time contract with Impact Wrestling. So, and have remained a full-time pro wrestler since, uh, since then. So, uh, I feel like my commitment to pro wrestling is kind of s- spoken for itself. All right. Well, I, I do apologize if, if I took, uh, if I took the wrong side there, uh, um, no, 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 no. There's, there's no sides to it, bro. Like, like I said, it's 10 years ago and the, the, the information that, uh, because you have to understand, like I never went on in, on, on a podcast and, and did a sixty minute rant on Cornet, right? And uh, there's lots of interviews that I've done that I've set the record straight. But so so the information that he's put out there uh, is 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 the information and narrative that he wanted to craft. All right, and I was happy to be wrestling, so I was like, ah, fuck that guy. All right. Well, frankly, like I I I don't remember the 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 rant verbatim, and. <laughs> Fuck, I, I said I didn't want to talk about Jim Cornette, but here we are. <laughs> um, I, I don't remember the rant verbatim, but I remember, you know, he wants to, to swing his dick in, in women's faces and that's what he wants to do and blah, blah, blah. And I remember listening to it and thinking, well, hell, like, I don't look like you. I've never looked like you. But even if somebody said, hey, I want you to shake yourself in front of it for a lot of money. Yeah, OK. <laughs> like, I'm pretty successful in what I do, but... <laughs> I mean, I've been on four uh, internationally number one selling calendars in the world. And I've just asked to, for someone to find one calendar uh, with Jim Cornette with a shirt on that people would not set on fire immediately. With a shirt off, rather, that people wouldn't still sit on fire immediately. So it's, you know, it is well, what it is. There's probably something to be said if you had a shirt on, too. <laughs> right, right. But... Um... Really, you have four top calendars out there. Yeah, I was, I was on, I, I was on the uh, 20, 2010 to twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen Chippendales calendars, and those were like number one selling calendars in the world. See, this is going to sound wrong, but I'm going to have to go back because, as a gag gift, uh, my wife or not my wife, my mother, when she retired, um, every year they would go to Chippendales for their Christmas party. And the year she retired, I bought her a Chippendales calendar. And it would have been around that time frame, just as a gag gift, like here's just so you didn't miss your Chippendales. But I have that calendar somewhere. I'm gonna have to check that out now. What, well, yeah, what you have to check out what year it is because 2010 to 2014, I believe. Uh, I'm trying to that it it's around there actually. It would be around there, so I'm gonna have to find that now. I know it's buried somewhere in my basement since she passed away, but it's somewhere in my basement. I'm going to find that now. What are you doing? I'm looking for the Chippendales calendar. I got to find it. <laughs> Actually, maybe my wife knows where it is. Well, well. Um, all right. So 
we 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 we're, we'll, we'll go away from from uh, your commitment to wrestling because you know I I I do sincerely apologize if you thought I was questioning your commitment. Uh, I was going off cornet, and obviously I shouldn't have. Um, but I would ask, and you kind of alluded to it. We're talking about ten years. How is Ring of Honor different ten years ago to today? Uh, well, uh, ten years ago to today, the number one, the number one, uh, the biggest difference is that not Ring of Honor is a viable place where uh, lots and lots of people make very good money and support their families just by pro wrestling alone. And I feel like that is the that's just the goal, right? Uh, the commitment to uh, I mean, 10 years ago, Sinclair had just bought it and you really didn't know what the commitment to uh, the company was going to be. Um, and it's evident uh, that Sinclair is completely committed um, financially, uh, emotionally, whatever's logistically, whatever's really necessary. Uh, Sinclair has been there um, for Ring of Honor completely. Um, and I think that you, it just, you know. I, I think that there is just no other way to say it is that the industry that you see now is just dictated by the style that was created by ring of honor. So um, the, you, you really never, if you, you, you can't ever get too far from the, from the originator, right? If you want the style, you go to the originator. So um, it has, it has continued to reinvent itself while still staying within the realms of, uh, the best wrestling done by the best wrestlers are generally going to be found in this place. So for sure. Um, so would you say that like you're, you're 40 years old now you're, I, I don't want to say you're at the tail end of your career, but is <laughs> I, mean, I might, I might, I mean, <laughs> you know, some, some animals have longer tails than others, but yeah. But would you say like you're, you're now ring of honor until ring of honor won't have you anymore. I mean, I feel like uh, the company that I, that the Ring of Honor is a company that, that uh, it's very much my family, you know what I mean? And it is very much a part of like my DNA and, and, and kind of who I am as a professional wrestler. Um, so um, we don't really do much, which is crazy, but sit, when, when we have our little meetings, whatnot, it's around and talk about, we don't really talk about what anybody's doing. We just talk about what we can be doing to make, uh, to, 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 to be, you know, to be continuing to be one of the industry leaders. So, um, I mean, I, I don't foresee, you know, any, 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 anything, <laughs> anything changing, but this is pro wrestling and, and the cards are always subject to change. So, um, you, 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 you lately in, in ring of honor, you've been doing more commentary and you're pretty, you would probably be the mouthpiece of LFI. Is that by your design or Ring of Honor's design? Is that something that you want to get into, like talking more? Or uh, I mean, I feel like that's always been one of the stronger parts of my career. I, I've always felt like, I mean, there's, uh, there's not too many. I mean, now, there. I don't know if there's five dudes that are really, 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 really seeing me on the microphone. So I feel like that as I've, I have cultivated that part uh, of my career, um, you know, the, the more that I can talk, the less it stress on my knees, which is great. Um, but it just, you know, it just allows me to just, to, you know, uh, to, to reveal layers of character, right? The, the more that we can, um, you know, Roosh is, one thing I love about Roosh and, and Dragon Lee, what they have done and their commitment to Ring of Honor, I feel is uh, 
they they go to hours a week of, of English classes, right? And, and English speaking classes and just their Rush's English since we've really started LFI has gotten, you know, gone leaps. I wish my Spanish has gotten as good <laughs> as his English. Um, so, uh, but it is, a, it is a thing. It is kind of a role in the, in, in the group that I've taken, which was, you know, um, you know, the, the mouthpiece, the, 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 the mover and shaker behind the scenes and, you know, commentary. I think that that's just, um, I feel like that's one of the good things about Ring of Honor too, is that, uh, commentary from, from the office commentary is something that you're involved in and it allows you to get your storylines, uh, you know, to, to more thoroughly flesh your storylines out. So it isn't necessarily by, by, by choice, but whatever, but it, it is, um, by group effort, um, which you'll see is that's how a lot of our storylines, you know, different stories will get a little bit more fleshing out because someone in it will be on commentary during one of the matches. Um, you did kind of remind me because you were talking about your Spanish and everything. Uh, my wife will be happy that I go back to the bachelor for a second. The, the episode where you actually do some wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, what, uh, t- tell me the story behind that, because obviously they knew that you were going to hop in the ring and you're going to do this. Um, how was that all set up? Uh, well, it was, it was all set up basically. Well, it was like all set the, up, but it was, it was I, a lucha match on a Tuesday at 10 o'clock in, 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 in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Right. So, um, the, I'd, I'd gone in and, and, and spoke to some of the guys that were going to be, you know, going to actually, be, it was just two matches they, they put on and, uh, I talked to the guy that I was going to be interacting with. And we just kind of, kind of gone over some things that we may or may not do. And then, and then, you know, we kind of went in there, winged it, and, and it was it was a really good time. So this is something that mm-hmm. uh, that the show kind of set up, and then you kind of facilitated it, like. Well, yeah, no, I mean it, it was a wrestling date, so you know they 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 the whole situation, the whole date was, you know, we're going to go out and it's going to be a real look, and I'll explain how how you know lucha works to her, and but then you know all the interaction with me and the actual wrestlers was uh, was something that I'd kind of facilitated, and we'd kind of put it put it in gear. And did she become a wrestling fan? Uh, she became a Kenny King fan. Okay. Actually, you know what? That's not even true. I think she got uh, engaged to somebody else at the end of the season. So, no, she wasn't. I honestly I can't remember. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't I, don't, I don't think it was good enough. I can't, good remember, enough. I can't remember season to season who, who was successful, who wasn't successful, who's still together. But you ask my wife, she probably knows. I guarantee she knows. All right, let's get back to uh, to Ring of Honor and let's uh, let's close it off that uh, this Sunday, Death Before Dishonor, uh, LFI, uh, La Bestia del Ring, Dragon Lee and yourself against Shane Taylor Promotions for the six man tag team titles. Um, what can we expect from this? Oh man, well you can expect fireworks. Uh, you know, LFI is. I, I don't know if you can argue it or not. Has been the most dominant faction in Ring of Honor for the last year. Um, you know, Shane Taylor has definitely done to his credit. Uh, he's definitely done a great job in creating a, a movement, uh, a groundswell, a, a grassroots um, support for his squad. But I've got Shane's number, man. I've been in his head this whole time. I've got his number. Um, you know, I just pinned him on TV last week. It's it's not going to be something that, uh, you know, 
with with Ella Fights next man up, right? You know, Roosh, obviously it 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 hurts to lose uh an athlete and a pro wrestler the caliber of Roosh to knee surgery, but uh it's not like Bessia hasn't been whipping dudes' asses for 40 years at this point. So uh in a in a in a fight like this, if this was more of a lucha high flying style, I would uh I would take Roosh, but this is a, this is gonna be a fight, man. This is gonna be a knockdown sl- knockdown drag out. And, and Bessie has been his his fair share of those. Um so uh, I, I like our odds. Uh, I like our, our chances to bring home the world six mans. Um we're just gonna continue to cement um c- cement the, the the foundation and the legacy uh of La Faction and Gobernable because it's gonna continue to go and go and go. All right. I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'm glad that you and I were finally able to uh, to connect because yeah, we've been yeah. trying to we've been trying to do this for a while. We've been trying to do it for a while, so I, I figured you know my car was not being agreeable, but I definitely figured I owed you some. All right, I, I appreciate it, Kenny, and uh, you know you have a good uh, good show this Sunday, and uh, you take care of yourself. Thank you, my friend. You too. Want to support this podcast? Follow it on the Twitter gimmick at Time to Fight Pod. Follow the host at Announcer Terry. I'm a ring announcer. I'm a damn good one. Visit our website, www.itstimetofight.ca. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, email us at time to fight pod at gmail.com. October 22nd to 24th, It's Time to Fight presents Wrestling with ALS 2021. A weekend full of wrestling podcasts from worldwide, a live wrestling show presented by Moonshine Branded Wrestling, stand-up comedy from members of the wrestling community, and much more. The whole thing will be live-streamed. The wrestling and comedy will be open to the public, and every dollar raised will benefit the ALS Society of Canada. Check out our website, www.itstimetofight.ca, for information or email us at timetofightpod at gmail.com.